Welcome, everybody, to episode eight of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. I am uh, Patsy Rahal, the angry nerd, and I yell into microphones before they're turned on. Oh, my God. He sounded like he was going through puberty. It was fantastic. Oh, that was awesome. I didn't realize that Wolfie hadn't uh, unmuted me yet, which, oh. fair enough, I am the last one to get unmuted. <laughs> and sometimes he... No, or you're the, you're the first. I, I wish real life had a mute button. <laughs> mute. Yeah, mute. I've tried that on mute. you and it doesn't work. I'm I just cute. hit the wine button. Ah, wine. <laughs> well, I am joined here today by uh, the uh, giggling uh, maniac that you can hear over uh, on the other side of me. <laughs> there she goes again. She is Ironborn. She is Agent Nicole. Hello, everybody. Glad you're back. For another awesome show today. Yeah. Hashtag Team Agent Nicole. And uh, Bo Life. Uh, yeah. Uh, we are also joined, as per usual, because he never leaves, by Johnny Wolfenstein. Yeah, I'm. I'm legally bound to be here at all times. So. Yes, yeah, I'm here. Yay! <laughs> Yay! It's kind of like the uh, the scene in. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, he can't cross the Great Seal. Otherwise, the podcasting uh, network just comes crumbling down. And don't cross streams either. Don't cross the streams, no. Uh, We are also joined once again by Mrs. Angry Nerd, Ashes Von Nightmare. Thank you for having me. She is drinking a, uh, a coffee cup full of wine. This was. This was water. Am I Jesus? <laughs> I, t- I turn water no, into real. Oh, crazy. And uh, inexplicably joining us for a second consecutive episode. Uh, Nicole, why don't you go ahead and uh, do the introductions oh, absolutely. here? Absolutely. She is the love child of Chucky, Chucky and Ellen Ripley. She <laughs> is. Explain <laughs> why I'm so short. Yeah, I was going to say. So she's very short. Okay. The average height between the two. <laughs> Come on, you can do it. Uh, we have a snort. We have a snort, ladies and gentlemen. The first on-air snort. I hope everyone at some point gets the opportunity to actually see Agent Nicole go on one of her like giggle rants because it's just absolutely adorable. You are so freaking cute. I can't stand it. Thank you. Oh, you. No, I'm not talking right, about you. Back to our lovely guest. Okay, so she's just fan-fucking-tastic. I adore her. She beats the shit out of Dynamo via podcasting world. It is Miss Stephanie Wiley. Yay! Thanks, Yay. guys. Finally, I know why I'm so short. I've been wondering for a long time what happened. I ate all my vegetables. And uh, it just seems the genetics were not on my side, apparently. So, how tall are know. you, Miss Stephanie? Jesus. I'm not that short. I'm 5'3". Uh, me okay. too! Oh, wait. I'm kind of... No, no you're not 5'3". You're like 3'5". <laughs> <laughs> well, Nicole is. Nicole's Aww. adorable. Aww. Me, it depends on what shoes I'm wearing. Yeah, she's anywhere no, from 5'3 to 6'2. <laughs> I try not to go that route. I try to, I, you know, I believe in truth and advertising. So I'm um, pretty much always 5'3, and uh, you know, it's life. 
my license says I'm five. You gotta ha- you gotta hand it to short people because usually we can't reach. Exactly. Yep. Can't reach the crucifix. Yeah, she puts stuff away in the kitchen, and I see her climbing on the friggin' counters. I literally climb on the <laughs> counter. He he's like he's like, why don't you ask for help? I'm like, shut the fuck up. Just I go away. I can do it. I got I this. Can do it. She ain't need no help. She's got to cover. Yeah. yeah until he she fun- needs to reach it. <laughs> He and forgets then you climb that, on the counter. Exactly. He forgets that once upon a time I lived on my own and I climbed my own counters and I got shit made done. So made it this far without you. She'll make it further. Right? Damn straight. Yeah. But I I'm plan just, on I'm outliving just, him anyway. So no, I think uh, that would be tough. Well, statistically, that's very likely. Is. Especially on this rate. Especially because she's a lot younger than I am, and especially because I'm stressing myself out, you know, putting the three of you on the same show as me. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. Why are you so old? What Uh, happened there? Well, I'm still about 250 years younger than Dynamo, so I'm good (laughs) on that front. Um, That's not saying a ton. (laughs) That's that's disappointing. Uh, Well, this week... Uh, How long do mice live? Uh, generally, if you believe the witches, about nine years. Oh, well then, I think you're on, like, what, your 15th life? Uh, yeah, I'm on, uh, the, this is five. Because he's Patsy five. Ray Hall, a motherfucking motherfucking mouse. Mouse. motherfucking mouse. Everyone's just jealous that Tiny didn't make a song about them, so you'd have to try and tear me down, but guess what? It doesn't work. Well, I you're a mouse. A you're below <laughs> such things. Mm-hmm. And I frighten elephants. So it just shows, just goes to show you how awesome I am. Oh, but his nose is so cute. He's got such a cute little nose. And my whiskers keep me from going into uh, pipes and drains that are, are too small for me, so I won't ever get stuck. I won't be baby Jessica and down the well. That's uh, <laughs> super topical if you were born in, uh, like, 1983. You know, you might. Nope, I wasn't. I wasn't yeah. I know none yeah. of you were. Wolfie knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> I have no idea. You know who Baby Jessica is? No, I don't. Baby Jessica that fell down the well, and there was like they made a. Did a dingo uh, take their baby? I, th- I think I know. <laughs> I think I vaguely remember that. Yeah, they, she was trapped down the well, and they, they, she was singing the Winnie the Pooh song, and they had to like dig around the well to get her. And yeah, Lassie didn't go get her. They should have thrown the rope. They should have. Mm-hmm. She was trying to live deliciously. Uh, well, this week we are. Uh, it does not even make any sense. <laughs> You don't see. You don't know the reference, so you don't know that it doesn't make sense. I know all about living deliciously. Yeah, but you don't know about baby Jessica. You don't know what she was up to. Well, that's probably illegal. She was trying to live deliciously. But all right, moving on. <laughs> so, anywho, uh, this week we are going to be discussing uh, a character on whom I had a crush in high school, and a character on whom uh, Miss Wiley still has a crush. Who doesn't? Uh, and I was going to say, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that because she has aged quite well and she looks amazing uh, as she did, you know, 20 years ago when... She looks better. Yeah, I, I can uh, I can attest to that. Wait, uh, who, who looks amazing, Patrick? I do. Who, who looks amazing? Jillian uh, Anderson. For a mouse. You as, know, he looks uh, good. Do not say the wrong Agent answer. Scully. Do not say the wrong answer. Yeah. Well, at this point, every now answer is the wrong answer. No, there's one right answer. There's one right answer, Patrick. Are you? Do you need a lozenge? You seem. Oh to my have god! I have cock in chops in my purse. <laughs> you're gonna need, you're gonna need a lozenge when she throws daggers. Ashes, you can leave them here. 
Oh, can I? Yes. Can we just lock I them up? There's a closet. I, I heard. Oh, yay. I drew, and we're not, Bye, Felicia. <laughs> a, I have my house keys. B, we're not that far from where we live. I, I have my house keys, Ashes, too. Ashes, I'll give you a ride home. I can change the lock. And you, you can you change the lock the before I get home. You had the house keys that used to work. <laughs> well, they Witchcraft. I practice bitchcraft. Practice? I practice. Yeah, practice it. Keep drinking that wine and okay, practice Okay, more. okay, you motherfucking mouse. So let's <laughs> turn it over to Agent Nicole here. Uh, Nicole, what are we doing today? Do you have some questions for Stephanie? <laughs> Give me a second. <laughs> uh. He's like Gus Gus. He could be Gus Gus the mouse. Oh, no, Gus Gus is too cute. Oh, my shirt fit me the same way. He's kind of useless, though. <laughs> Although he is chubby. Yeah, I was going to say, my shirts fit me the exact same way. He's kind of roly-poly. Gus, Gus. I put my belt on with a boomerang, just like everyone else. Wait, no one else does that? Okay. All right. Are you you sufficiently, like, calmed down now? Can you shut up the fuck up? Whatever whatever you say, (laughs) Shut up the fuck up. (laughs) All right. Stephanie, are you ready for your questions? I was born ready. All right. Number one, who is your horror spirit animal? Um, that would be Chucky. <laughs> Your father, <laughs> apparently. Makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, just really accurate. <laughs> Short, ginger, like, yeah. And he's, he's always got the one-liners. He's never afraid to cut a bitch. Right, he's, like, he's, he's adorable until he, like, slices someone, you know? So, yeah. There's a, there's a great scene when the, la- the old lady sees him in the elevator, and she's like, oh, what an ugly doll. And he's like, fuck you. Because <laughs> <laughs> he just don't care. No, right. I, I respect that. I respond to that. <laughs> Number two, who is in your ideal girl squad? So pick five women, fictional, non-fictional. Your girl squad. Ooh. Oh, who's on the team? Who's on the squad? Um, okay. So, okay, okay, okay. Um, Ellen Ripley is definitely in the squad. Dana Catherine Scully, definitely in the squad. No surprises uh, yet. No, no. <laughs> um, I had another one, and then he talked. Uh, <laughs> I'm not dying on Mars, thank you. <laughs> Apparently, wasn't that impressive. If it, it, all it takes is Wolfie's uh, sensual voice to distract you. Uh, yeah. And, anyway, uh, so who else is in the squad? I'm gonna have to rep for my girl HRC. Um, we're throwing it down. CJ Craig is definitely in the squad, and so is Storm. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I was kind of expecting to hear like a Wednesday Adams or like a... a I have Wednesday on my shirt. Or a uh, Louise Belcher in there, but... Wednesday, but she asked me. Maybe they're a little young, I'm guessing. She asked me who's in the squad and they can't drink. <laughs> <laughs> no, they can. They're just not supposed to. Number three, what is um, what is your best celebrity meeting? I think we might have covered that on the last episode, but... Oh, I think you'd be wrong. Oh, oh really? look at that. If you're mistaken, uh, it was Stephen King. Awesome. All right, we're going to play Mary fucking Kill. Ooh. <laughs> this right. is going to break me. <laughs> um, the choices are not good, but um, Little, never are. <laughs> little Finger. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know which one that won't be. Joffrey. Oh. And Ramsey. That's, can she pass it? I don't. I don't even want her to answer this. This is terrible. <laughs> That's such a bad, such a hard choice. 
That is not easy. <laughs> However, I got, I got answers here. So, I'm gonna fucking kill Joffrey. Yes. Mm-hmm. Little twat. No. I, I would, I would fucking then kill Ramsay. <laughs> I once said I can do both. And then uh, Littlefinger and I will take over the world. I, I Until agree he with kills that. You. Yeah, I know. <laughs> For the you through the moon roof. <laughs> the thing about Littlefinger is you just got to be a step ahead of that fool. Once you know his game, it's not that hard to beat him. It's just that no one ever thinks that he's where he is. Yeah, that's true. All right, he's kind of got that Varys thing going, where nobody ever thinks that he's up to anything, and by the time they figure out, it's way too yeah. late. You should have had Varys on there. That would have been an interesting oh, one. He's too oh, busy I, I would have married time Varys traveling so. around because so. you probably couldn't do one of those three to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could. You could fuck him. Ooh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, see, but I would, it outside the box. I would definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was intentional. That was nice. Uh, I would definitely marry him, though. All right. And your last question. Have, have good times. Your last question. If your life became a horror film, who would be cast as you and who would be the main villain? Dynamo would be the main villain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, it, wait, wait. Like, if am I transferring my life into a specific horror film? No. Um, or are we, is it a new movie based on my life? Um. We'll save that one based on your life. Based on my life, um, Sally May would be the villain. <laughs> <laughs> Curse your yes. student love! <laughs> Someone that just keeps calling you over and over and over. Damn you, Bill collectors! Someone hates you, Sally May. Die. Uh, and who would, be ca- who would be? Who would play me? Yeah. Um, that's a tough question. I'm not really up on current events and current things on television, so I don't know anyone my age. It doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't however, matter. at this point, Jillian Anderson's reversing. She's aging in reverse. So let's go with Jillian Anderson. All right. Can Can I add in a, a a bonus question? Yeah, and I think I, I think I know the answer. Who would direct it? <laughs> um, especially not an action film. <laughs> Especially if you're married to Varys. <laughs> How do you know? You don't know what our sex life would be like. No, I don't. It's true. It would be inventive. <laughs> um, that's a good question. Let me. St- let me. Is there any limitation st- on directors? Nope. Um, I think you know it might be a Jarmouche film. Interesting. I just I assumed the default would be Rob Zombie. I was I was thinking Wes Craven. Uh, if it was a Rob Zombie film, it would end how I want with you know nothing left of Sally May, but <laughs> <laughs> and you covered in blood. blood. It's just harking back to who will survive and what will be left of them. Not much. <sighs> However, <laughs> Rob Zombie is actually more accurate for my my level of cursing. Yes. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> yeah. He and, he and I do enjoy the DF word a bit. All right, I think that's it for the questions. Thank you, Stephanie, for answering Thanks them. Thanks for asking questions that weren't weird and actually made a bit of sense. Anytime. Yeah, yeah thanks. Uh, yeah, yeah. wasn't so hard, was it, Patrick? <laughs> hey, once again, I asked the questions I wanted to know the answers to because they were my questions, and that's all that mattered. I'm surprised he didn't ask, like, what's your social security number <laughs> and what's your credit score? 
why would that be any bearing as to what's going on? If I need money, I'll just... I can't steal it from you, because you don't have any damn money. I don't have any damn money. Hmm. Don't look at me. I say, yeah, you already I, trained I, Agent Nicole Blake <laughs> now. Yeah, to get, to get uh, Stephanie to appear on the first show. I have no idea what I'm going to do for this one. Uh, but I do know that I think right around now would be a good time to uh, probably take our first break so we could kind of collect ourselves after that stunning round of questioning <laughs> that uh, totally was uh, awesome and uh, not interrupted by repeated giggling fits. And uh, we'll come back and we are going to discuss uh, Dr. Dana Scully. returned uh, whether you like it or not sorry and i assume that if you're still listening you like it so or you're held captive in someone's basement in which case you have our apologies down there with my fan <laughs> uh, so this week as i mentioned before break we are going to be discussing uh, miss dana <coughs> scully from the x-files tv show that was quite excuse popular. yourself it's dr dana scully she didn't earn that degree to have your sorry ass call her miss i didn't call her miss you just called her Miss. Oh, my mistake. Yeah, ca- yeah. She Check is. She is a, a Miss D- Dana Scully, and I did say that she was Doctor Dana Scully prior to the break. Um, Don't you forget it. Yes, I never have. Uh, again, she was from the uh, wildly popular X Files uh, TV. She show. is from the wildly popular X Files television show, and she has not yet passed away because she is immortal. And that is uh, what we are discussing today. Uh, there are multiple episodes which uh, lend credence to the theory that uh, Dana Scully is an immortal uh, being. And uh, Stephanie, why don't uh, why don't you start off by telling us uh, what specifically you like, uh, without getting into the aspect of the immortality just yet? Uh, what are some of the aspects that you like about uh, this character, and when were you first introduced to her? Um. I was first introduced to Dana Scully when the show aired, actually, in real time. I watched X-Files from the beginning. It's probably one of the only television shows I can safely say that I watched 
from the premiere all the way through the finale. Um, everything else I've kind of been up and down with and had to come back to. So my first introduction to her was with the, with, along with the rest of the world when she walked into Fox Mulder's office uh, all those years ago. Delight and privilege for the rest of us to uh, to enjoy. She, what do I like about her? Um, what don't I like about her would be an easier question to actually answer. She is amazing. She is a strong, well-educated, thoughtful, independent woman who takes nothing off of nobody, but is still compassionate. Well, I can talk compassionate. She is incredibly capable. And honestly, an all-around really good human being who's just trying to do what she can to make the world a bit of a better place. And we we see, um, you know, based with her pairing, it's almost uh, almost like a kind of odd couple situation where, you know, as a, a medical doctor, she is very, uh, you know, grounded in scientific fact and reality, uh, which is a stark uh, contrast to her partner who believes in the fantastic and you know scully doesn't seem to uh, really buy into that you know for quite some time uh, despite seeing a lot of crazy things she likes to uh, kind of think that there's a, a a logical explanation for everything that's going on she seems to be a lot more grounded than her partner fox Mulder. well scully is a medical doctor she's a forensic pathologist and so everything about her, when she comes to the X-Files, she is hired and assigned to debunk the work of Agent Mulder. Spooky Mulder has been in the basement being an annoyance to the FBI for quite some time. He's got a reputation that precedes him. He is not well-liked within the Bureau. And she is brought on to basically just debunk everything that he does and kind of get rid of him for the Bureau. However... What they didn't realize is that they, along with hiring someone with a medical background and a good head on her shoulders, she's also a good person. So she, in her opinion, was there to find the truth and to get to the bottom of things, uh, not to come in there and just sabotage someone to work. So that's what she does, and that's the that's one of the most beautiful aspects of the, the journey for her, is uh, watching her find her reality and find what this all means for her finding her character in one place at the beginning and watching her evolve and grow, watching her fight her gut and her head and trying to fight the the things that are in front of her sometimes that she just doesn't want to believe because maybe they're too much for this world. Now, um, one of the, the things I came across, uh, a theory that I came across when I was kind of doing a little bit of research on uh, on this character mm-hmm. is there is a theory that it's very similar to the uh, the spoiler alert the premise of uh, Shutter Island where you know everything that's happening you know the whole uh, you know Mulder's sister kidnapped by aliens thing is just he has suffered a psychotic break and she's kind of just you know walking him through all these different quote unquote assignments where he's just sort of living out these these fantasies and everything that really happens is just happening in his head and she's there to kind of document and and you know kind of walk him through because he no. well, he is a dangerous uh you know not a dangerous but a uh, 
a, a good agent uh, there, or in his own head, he's a good agent. Um, he does have some information that you know is vital to the FBI. Is that something that you uh, subscribe to? No. I was just no. curious. No, 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 no. The no. I, I myself do not. Did the people that as watch well. this show? I'm just, you know, that just doesn't even make an any, That doesn't theory. even make any sense because there are actually reasons given to you for what happens to Samantha Mulder. It makes no sense. Like maybe if you fell asleep between the first and the last season, and you woke up in your own little fantasy world, would that apply? But it doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense if you watch the show. No, I agree. I'm just I, curious. I'm as to appalled, your sir. I was just curious about that's your my thoughts. thought. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think <laughs> it, I didn't think it was a. a, a I didn't think it was a valid theory myself, no, especially where you know we we do see at one point. Uh, they tell you what dear, happened to her. Dear Doctor Scully, uh, finds an implant of her own at one point. So, but they tell you what happens to Samantha Mulder if you watch the show. I don't. Yeah. I mean, it's been off and on the air for so long that at this point, it shouldn't be much of a spoiler. But at the same time, they they actually do really tell you what happened to Samantha Mulder. Yeah, and I, I I'm gonna say you know let's not you know ruin that for anyone. I'm not gonna tell, but they they tell you what happens. No, no, I I, I know that. Um, and it doesn't it doesn't it wouldn't correlate to that theory at all. Um, and that doesn't make any sense. Somebody that like somebody that would believe such a theory must not have actually watched the same show that I watched. Yeah, it's it's kind of like that whole like Saint Elsewhere okay, thing okay. where it turns out everything's a dream. Like you know, no. that seems like a, a a poor way to to summarize a, a, a very brilliant show. To be honest, it um, just doesn't make any sense. Now you subscribe to the the theory, however, that uh, Dana Scully is immortal. Why don't you give us she a is. little bit of uh, background on that and tell us why you believe uh, you believe in that theory? Okay. So, when Patrick asked me which episodes that he and Ashes should watch while prepping for this episode, I at first was confused and thought maybe he meant he wanted some Monster of the Week episode recommendations, or did he want some recommendations that were more regarding the overarching story of aliens within X-Files and that whole mythology. And then, once I understood, I decided we should talk about... Scully being immortal because this is a prevalent theme and it's a theory that a lot of people really do subscribe to and it's one that I find to be really interesting and I think is actually true. So in the third season we get a great episode called Clyde Bruckman's Final Repose and one of the best things that X-Files was ever able to do was have fantastic guest stars and in this one the titular Clyde Bruckman is played by the fantastic Peter Boyle. He is a man with psychic abilities um, that he doesn't necessarily understand or control, but he is his biggest his strong suit is for being able to tell people how they will die. Uh, he also makes some notes as to, he can see how some people died. He can see where certain bodies will be found. But he has just kind of this sixth sense. It's not like he knows what you're thinking. It's just that he has a sixth sense relating to death. And how it's how this comes about is there is a serial killer who's on the loose who's been killing psychic mediums because he's trying to understand it himself and he wants to figure out how he's going to die and he's got a fascination with these psychics. And Peter Boyle accidentally finds a body and from there Mulder kind of figures out some of his abilities and 
forces him to play along and help them track it, track down the killer. Um, and he tells Mulder at one point that how he's going to die, and Mulder is kind of shaken by all of this, and with that, with good reason, I would be too. Um, there's a part where he can't decide if he's seeing him looking down at a banana cream pie or a coconut cream pie, and it's really bothering Mulder. Um, and finally, when Scully, who at this point is still very much a skeptic, cracks and says, okay, fine, you can tell. Because he asks her early on in the episode, don't you want to know how you die? And she's like, no, go away. Uh, she finally cracks and she says, yeah, fine, how do I die? And he just looks at her and he smiles and he says, you don't. Dun, 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 dun. Of course, at that point, she just kind of scoffs and is like, yeah, whatever, bro. Like, cool story. Um but later on, we get to season six of the X-Files, and there is a fantastic episode that, once again, we get great, we get great um, guest stars. And it's, a, it's an episode where Mulder and Scully have been separated. The X-Files have been shut down temporarily and debunked. Not debunked, but just shut down. Uh, she's reassigned to another partner, and she goes off to solve a case, which is not necessarily thought to be an X-File, but surely does turn out to be one. We've got Alfred Felig, who is played by Je- uh, Jeffrey Lewis, may he rest in peace, um, who's a man who follows death and photographs it. He's been working as a uh, photographer for the police, photographing crime scenes and death scenes for as long as anyone can remember. And how it unfolds is that, in theory, he says that back 100 years ago or so, that he had been ill and had looked away when death came to him, and so death had passed him by. And so now he goes around trying to catch the moment of people's death because he's looking for death. He wants to see death, and he wants to die. And he can see when someone's going to die because they'll lose color in his vision. They basically turn to black and white. And so at one point... He looks at Scully, and sure enough, she's in black and white. And when it comes time, she is uh, shot by this loser that she's assigned to as a partner, and she's about to die. And he holds her hand, and he tells her, uh, don't look. Don't look. Look away. And sure enough, she looks away, and he, in theory, dies in her place, which would lead you to speculate that that means that now she can't die either. Boom. And so there is a, that's kind of how the the Immortal Scully episode arc goes. There's a few different things as well where and Never Again, she gets a tattoo of this snake in a circle eating his own tail, which is always a symbol for resurrection and never-ending life. Yeah. Um, it kind of comes up at different times. And then there's an episode further on in uh, season six called Monday, in which Mulder picks the wrong day to go to the bank and someone tries someone tries to rob it and ends up blowing up the bank but because Scully is there that's the theory every every time the bank blows up with all of them dying the day starts over because she can't die so it's kind of like a groundhog day episode where the same thing keeps happening every single day with slight variations and each time she dies the the, the episode starts over the day starts over Nobody likes Mondays. No, especially not ones that last forever. Now, it's interesting you talk about the uh, the snake eating its own tail because yes. in um, I don't recall if it's get, if it gets covered in the show or not, but in Norse mythology, there is a snake that is wrapped around the world with its tail in its mouth, and once that 
snake uh, lets it lets itself go, that is the beginning of uh, the end of the world, which is uh, also known as Ragnarok, which happens to be the uh, title of the next Thor movie, incidentally. But the symbol is uh, a snake, and there's uh, a a uh, I don't want to call it like a fable or a fairy tale, but there's a, a part of Norse mythology where you know the frost giants try to trick uh, Thor into lifting up what is uh, what he sees as a cat to kind of you know show them how uh, to he's unable to lift the cat because it's actually a glamour of the uh, the you know the snake that is wrapped around the world and you know they're kind of trying to lord themselves over them like to show that they are much more powerful to prevent any type of war now do you think that the snake in addition to uh, you know representing what you said also represents um, you know in in the case of Scully in, in any ways uh, also represents the end of the world you know like where you're talking about the Monday episode where she can't die and every time that she dies things you know things kind of start over and repeat themselves so if she were to die she is the linchpin that's kind of holding all of uh, reality together no because she just can't die yeah, again, just a thought. <laughs> Mike drops. Maybe something that you you know didn't you know. Didn't I didn't think about it because it doesn't make sense. Because she can't die. That's how this works. That's how immortality works. Mm-hmm. But what if she does the same thing that the other guy does and goes looking for death and takes a look at death and pa- can she pass it on to somebody else or does she have to pass it on to someone else or if she? Decides- I don't know. If she has to pass it on to someone else. I guess she could probably stay as she is the whole time, um, but. In theory, she could pass it on to someone else, and that might be something that comes up later on uh, as they continue to do more seasons. That you know, now that they're doing these shortened exile seasons, which I'm ever so appreciative of. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe in a film, you know, maybe they'll find maybe they'll find William, and maybe she'll need to pass it on to him somehow. First off, she'd have to probably believe that she's immortal, which she doesn't really necessarily believe. It's not really her strong suit believing in that sort of thing. Um, but I think if she had to, in the heart, in her heart of hearts, she probably knows that she's definitely got a leg up on the rest of humanity. And it was even covered in the last season, you know, the shortened revival season, that she doesn't have normal DNA anymore. She actually has DNA that's altered. So if she were to decide, you know, she can pass it on, but if she were to decide that, you know what, I don't want to pass this on, you know, maybe something happens that just totally disillusions her to you know humanity as we know it and she decides you know that's it i i i'm gonna go find death and she finds death and you know passes on the same way that the last guy did you know but i think that would inherently make it so it should have to take someone's place that's what he did she had to take someone's place in line he had been trying to die lots of times he said he jumps off of bridges you know what happens he gets wet like, he, he can't just die. It doesn't work like that. He'd been trying to kill himself for ages. It's not something he enjoys. And for her, in all reality, it would be a living hell because she didn't start out with the intention of being so integral to Mulder and having Mulder be so integral to her life. But at this point, these are two people who cannot and would not want to live without each other. Like, on any level, no way, shape, or form would either of them be okay with this world without the other one in it. Um, so, 
for her to be eternal and be immortal and have to, in theory, live a life without Mulder, she'd be finding someone and hunting down that death. Okay. But what if she's unable to find someone? Uh, people are always dying. Death is not on holiday for everyone. But is she... It's not a thing. Is she able to... Well, Come guess- now, Patsy. If someone came to you and said, you're dying, you're literally fucking dying right now, don't look and you won't die, you'd probably try. Oh, no. It's not going to be that hard to pass on this gift. Well, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, cover all the different bases, you know, and get your, your thoughts and ideas on this because, you know. That would is- not be a gift that's going to be hard to, uh, to pass on at all. You know, but it would be something that would torment her personally should, like, Mulder, like I said, Mulder, if he were to die, like, that would be too well, I mean, much her. It's an eventuality. Do you think, you know, that this is something that she is planning for? She doesn't necessarily believe in her own mortality, so no, she's not planning for it. Okay. Well, though you did say in her heart of hearts, you know, you think that, you know, she... Well, she knows that something's different. She did her <laughs> own genetic testing. She tested her own genetic genomes and found that she has a variation now. She's not entirely human at this point. Yeah, I think that's, um, you know, that is a, a very interesting um, aspect to it because there's a, uh, and I'm, I'm totally blanking on the name of the, like, the, the proteins and, and the, the cells that are involved, but, you know, if you're able to stop this specific decay of a certain type of cell, that's what uh, causes aging, because the cells no longer reproduce and, you know, they start to break down. So if you're able to halt that, you know, that's certainly going to change your genetic code. And well, that's actually different. So the the sequence in her genome that is different was altered by the government experiments that were being conducted with the aliens in conjunction to that work. And when she was kidnapped in the, the Dwayne Berry episodes, uh, that's when the, her genome was altered. Her immortality is actually unrelated. Okay. Yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm just trying to figure out the science. I'm just letting you know. Okay, then that's why we uh, we're they're unasking. just they're unre- they're unrelated. However, both are equally interesting. Like this idea that now, when the aliens come, they've created someone who's immune to some of the things that they'll be using to try to wipe out the human population. It's pretty crazy. I think I you know I always found the show to be very fascinating. Um, I used to watch it all the time when I was a kid. You know, so I I got introduced to this character right around the same time as you did you know when the show premiered because i always loved it that type of supernatural paranormal you know oh my god you like aliens stuff. yeah i know right <laughs> shocker mm-hmm. now what is your favorite instance of say maybe a uh you know something that scully does uh, maybe like a one-liner or maybe like a specific episode like what is your favorite uh, your favorite thing that Scully does or says or is a part of uh, <laughs> I like the humor with which she puts up with Mulder quite a lot um, because I think there is that relationship where she's exasperated by him but at the same time really amused and does really truly care for him so there are a few episodes in particular where that's highlighted I was going to uh, say, that which- kind of sounds like my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Mulder's really hot. Y- yeah, That's yeah. Pa- Patsy, not so much. I love you, sweetie. You just can't <laughs> handle the sexy. 
Yeah, I've yeah, that, that's it. it. Yeah, been yeah saying that, it since episode three. Uh huh. Yeah. People can't there's, handle the sexy, and they they come up with all kinds of excuses. There's an so. idea that no one asks straight people like how they ever knew they were straight, and I think that's probably true. However, I definitely have a moment, and that's when I think that's when I saw David Duchovny as Fox Mulder, and I was like, ding 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 ding, we have a winner. And then all of a sudden she comes on the screen. I'm like, and shit, now I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do with myself here, but it's going to work out. It's going to be okay. They're both I, beautiful. I imagine you had a very similar reaction if you were to say, watch Aliens and the Fly back to back. Oh, Lord. I might break. <laughs> I just like melt down. My circuitry can't handle that. Um, she, so there are a few episodes in particular that highlight that. Um, there's an episode called Bad Blood, which is really fun. And the whole episode is essentially told uh, half and half from each of their perspective on the same things that occurred during a case. When they're essentially kind of trying to get their very far-fetched story straight. It's very funny to see how each of them perceives what's going on in the moment and hear their side of events. Really funny. Um, there's a fantastic episode called uh, How the, 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 the Ghosts Who Stole Christmas. And that stars Lily Tomlin and Ed Asner. You couldn't ask for better guest stars. It's a fantastic episode. And it again, shows the relationship between the two of them really, really well from start to finish. Um, and those are some of my favorite things about them and what they do. Um, for Scully specifically, the, there's just this resilience to her. She's been through a lot, and this show puts her through the ringer. Um, she never gets off easily, but she always comes through on the other side. She definitely just keeps going through these different trials by fire and always comes out, not necessarily unscathed, but she surely does make it across to the other side one way or the other. She just never, ever gives up. I, you know, from what I, you know, because I haven't watched the show in a very, very long time, uh, you know, not the way I used to anyways. And, you know, one of the things that always stuck out to me is, you know, she had, you know, like I said at the beginning, you know, this very grounded scientific approach to life. And she was constantly having to be, you know, to question her reality and constantly questioning her beliefs and you know, it's almost like, you know, she's being tested each and every single episode. And, you know, like you said, she's being put through the ringer. There's like a lot of stuff that, you know, she has to deal with and she has to try and explain logically and rationally. And, you know, sometimes that's a lot harder to 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 do than than you might. Certainly think. some cases are easier than others. Yes. Uh, especially things that uh, happen to her specifically it becomes quite difficult for her to say, oh, well, that didn't happen. I think one of the one of the uh, ones that really sticks out to me is the episode where she's in the uh, she finds the implant and she like goes to she's trying to talk to somebody and like there's this room full of women and they all like hold up their little glass jars with their implants in them and she just has this look on her face like what you know what kind of hornet's nest did I just kick open because I have no idea. You know, you know, I'm I'm looking for somebody to help me debunk this, and here I am with all these people that have, you know, they they're firm believers in what, you know, the opposite of what I think. Uh, I think for her though, that's actually it's not so much that there's just just I hate those episodes, not because there's anything wrong with them per se, but I hate the whole Scully cancer arc desperately because it's so hard to watch. Um. 
oh, it just hits me right in the gut every time, and I never want to watch it again. <laughs> it's just so hard to watch. I don't like the idea of her being so frail and you know her time on the planet seemingly coming to an end. Uh, I hate it so much. It's so hard to watch because she struggles through and she fights through the whole time, and you can't just you just can't help but feel for her and feel for Mulder, who's so desperately terrified that he's going to lose the one person on this planet that he has a real connection with. Yeah, and it's one of those things. It's you know, there's nothing that they can do about it. There's nothing that he can do to help her, even though he. But they're going to die trying. Her. Exactly. And that's really the thing. He he just goes above and beyond. He does everything that he can possibly think of. He recruits Krychek. He recruits Cassandra Spender. He goes to a smoking man. He recruits anyone and everyone, and he will stop at nothing to save this person because I think he knows that his salvation lies within her. But it's just a hard thing to watch. Like It's just brutal. Especially when you're binge-watching. I think it was easier to absorb on a week-by-week basis. If you try to actually sit there and watch the episode straight through, I think you just wonder how far those windows open and if you'll be able to jump out because it's just <laughs> heartbreaking. And you're just like, oh, I can't deal with this. Especially when you're you, so emotionally invested in not just the character but the dynamic that she has with Mulder. Right. Like, you and can't... Some, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was like, you can't imagine one without the other, and like you know that they feel the same way about each other, right? And they won't accept a world without each other. Yeah. So you know it's the end of everything if one of them actually does die. However, you know there's triangle where at the end of the episode, and he's not sure if he's going to get back to reality. He does give her a kiss, and she punches him. <laughs> he said, "I was expecting a left." <laughs> <laughs> They know each other so well, and it's just really, it's just very charming, and it's a great creation. Chris Carter, really, and his whole team of writers really put so much work into this show, and it pays off dividends. It's a beautiful, well-crafted show with really thought-out, well-rounded, human, very personable characters. There's no one that's ever too far gone. There's no one that's too crazy. Even the worst people, like CGB Spender, Smoking Man, he's awful. You hate him. But you kind of understand where he's coming from on some levels. Yeah. There's no one that's so evil that you don't believe that there's some sort of redeeming human quality to them and or a human reason for why they're behaving the way that they are. Right. There's there's no Joffrey Baratheon, Ramsey Bolton type character in, in, no. in this show. There's no one that you just want to, like, hate all the time. But, I mean, like, you know, you do direct your hate towards various characters throughout the, uh, the, the, uh the series because it's like no i want i want this to work out for these guys why is everyone being so mean why are they making it so difficult you know why aren't they listening and you know but a lot of them are given chances at redemption yes a lot of them really are you get moments where Krychek is on the you never know which side Krychek's on whenever he's up you kind of you got to wonder watch your back um, but Krychek has moments of redemption spender has moments of, re- of redemption CGB Spender, not so much, but he's also not looking for redemption, and he gives no fucks. He doesn't care what you think. He doesn't care if you understand why he's doing things. He will give you some explanation to his motive, but he doesn't care, and there's a reality to that that I appreciate. He's kind of a true psychopath, right? He just does not feel any remorse for what he's doing. Um, That's fair. There are, all these, there are all these people, even... Um, I mean, of all people um, that are just given their their shots at redemption, Skinner has moments where you're like, oh, fuck this guy. But then you've got moments where you're like, oh, he's so fantastic. There's a moment when 
in Triangle, Scully is searching for Mulder, who's lost himself in the Bermuda Triangle. He's on the Queen Anne that has disappeared and in the past. Yes. And she's trying desperately to try to find information. She's running around. She's being blocked at every turn and getting herself into a lot of trouble because she's not supposed to be working on any X-Files. Uh, and Skinner comes through with a piece of information. It's incredibly helpful to her. And she literally grabs him and kisses him. Yeah, and it's he's got this. It, there's these great moments between all of them where he's again, like you know, he's redeemed and not redeemed. He's he's a bad guy or he's frustrating, but then there are moments where you just want to kiss him. Yeah, and that's the 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 sign of a of a great character because it's like no matter you know it's like you've put me through all kinds of shit, but like when I really really needed it, when I was really down, you gave me the 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 the, the shove in the right direction that I actually needed and. You know, I really appreciate it because it it may be going against his self interest, you know, but at the same time he knows that he needs, you know, the folks around him. And Triangle's a great episode because you get to see a lot of the relationship dynamics between all of the different characters, including the lone gunman, may they rest in peace. Um, who are super fantastic and really fun and very engaging. You get to see relationships across the board and then you also because the episode does half and half take place in the past. You see each of those characters in real, uh, in the, you know, real life air quotes um, as people that they could have in theory been in the past. Like you get CGB Spender as an SS agent. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Scully. Scully is a spy who's trying to keep uh, someone alive on the ship. Not to give out too many spoilers. Mm-hmm. She's trying to keep someone on that ship alive. So she's undercover as like kind of his girlfriend slash, I don't know, wife protector. Uh, everyone's got different roles. And they actually kind of work for how they are in regular Exiles timeline as well. And it's it's very fun. Now, I would be remiss if I did not ask if you saw one of the greatest uh, episodes of, of uh, Mulder and Scully working together. And that, of course, being the time that they were on The Simpsons. Have you ever seen that specific episode? Uh, yes, because it had Mulder and Scully specifically. Um, of all the things in my life that are really non-sequitur for my parenting situation, like that just don't make any sense, I was allowed to watch Freddy Krueger all day long, but I was not allowed to watch The Simpsons. Yep. Same, uh, same here. I was not allowed to watch The Simpsons because uh, Bart, to quote my dad, Bart's an asshole. So I was not allowed to watch uh, The Simpsons as a kid, which, of course, I did on a 12-inch black-and-white Zenith TV that was up in the uh, in the bedroom that my brother and I shared, and I watched that entire Thursday night lineup. And uh, I have to say, I really, really loved the uh, Mulder and Scully bit in, in The Simpsons. Uh, I think my favorite part of that had to be uh, Mulder's ID. Do you remember what his ID looked like? No, I do not. It was a picture of him... Uh, laying out in a speedo, uh, that was his his uh, FBI ID when he when he shows it to Homer. He goes, "I'm Agent Mulder, FBI," and holds it up, and that's his picture is him laying out long ways on the on the on the page. Well, that harkens back to that actually harkens back to Mulder swimming in a in a speedo in earlier seasons of X Files. That's probably. I think this came out around the like you know early uh, early popularity of. Of the X Files, so which there, would make there sense. are scenes where Mulder goes swimming in a little red speedo. 
Oh, he was wearing a black one in this. So I can send you some links, kids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then it, then it kind of goes into the whole thing with Dreamland as well. There's an episode where Mulder switches bodies with a butt face who's played by Michael McKean, who is Morris Fletcher. And uh, they switch bodies. And when Morris Fletcher, Michael McKean, who no, you know, he's a great actor, but he's not much for the ladies, is not a bit of eye, eye candy like our dear David DeCompany, he gets into Mulder's body and he's just living the dream. He's like walking in front of the mirror, posing and like practicing how to say FBI. <laughs> he's just loving the fact that he's suddenly in this sexy dude's body versus his own shaggy little body. <laughs> and it's great. Like, love the hearkening to that. That even even though Mulder is a giant dork, he is also still really gorgeous. Yeah, I can I can understand that. You know, that's how no, we you would can. do. Oh no, I can I can understand it. <laughs> I thought you guys were going to talk about Scalder and Molly. <laughs> oh, that's, I was going to bring that. Not even how he said it, but it was so funny. I mean, like, Molly and Scalder. <laughs> yeah, that was the best. Like, <laughs> I don't yeah, know what Scalder Mars is on. So those are really fun things. And that's an episode where that whole relationship between Mulder and Scully is played up as well. Both the real Mulder and the fake Mulder, who is Morris Fletcher, because obviously Morris Fletcher is like, hey, look at me. I'm hot. Whoa, that's my partner. She's super hot. Let's make this happen. Uh, and he tries to <laughs> he tries to like do this horrible job of seducing her. It involves a waterbed and handcuffs. When um, she looks at him at one point, she handcuffs him to the bed because she's on to his game. She finally believes that something is definitely wrong and this is not Mulder and Mulder's body. She goes along with it and then she handcuffs him to the bed and he thinks they're just going to get kinky. She pulls her gun on him and says, if you call me one baby one more time, you'll be peeing through a catheter. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just messed up because that's Mulder. Well, his classic body. Scully line where she's just not even trying to play. She's not. Here, she's not here to play with you, fool. She always uh, had great, great lines. Moment. Usually at Mulder's expense, you know, very like sarcastic, cutting, witty remarks, and that was one of the things that I liked about her. Well, and later in the second episode, they're trying to figure out what they're going to do, and they've kind of come to the unfortunate conclusion that maybe they're stuck like this. So they're essentially saying what would appear to be their goodbyes. And she tells him, if you weren't so ugly, I'd kiss you. Which is messed up. She should kiss him anyways. You know, luckily it all worked out in the end. It did. Yeah, they have a good relationship. And she's always got those those lines. Like, she doesn't want a hot Mulder who's not Mulder hitting on her. And then she also doesn't want to kiss Mulder who's not hot anymore. She wants the real deal. No, she wants the real deal. Yeah. Why she could have just nailed Hot Mulder who wasn't still Mulder. I would have taken advantage of that. No shame. Get oh, it, girl. Sorry, I thought it was you. My mistake. Oh, oh you're back in your body? It. Yeah, I don't care anymore. No, she still cared. She still cared. They got a baby together. They care. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, a whole lot of information. That's a whole lot of stuff for our, uh, our listeners to check out if they are uh, at all interested hey, in this guys. character, which I really think they should be because this is a phenomenal character. Um,. And it was a phenomenal TV show, and I'm glad that, you know, we are getting little, you know, snippets of it here and there coming back. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very glad about that. It's on Netflix, correct? Yes. Okay. And, um, and I own it. It was uh, the, the Blu-ray set was the Amazon Gold. Yeah, you sent me that picture. Yeah, you sent me that, mes- that picture through Messenger, and I was like, oh, I haven't seen it. 
And it was like it was, all of it was on sale via Blu-ray. The whole collection for like one hundred and twenty dollars, and I couldn't say no. Yeah, that's that's a pretty damn good deal, especially you know. The whole thing yeah. on Blu-ray. I was like sold. Sorry. And I assume that included the movie. Includes everything. Yeah. Movies mm-hmm. is there's two. Mm-hmm. Patrick, motherfucking mouse. I'm just making sure <laughs> that you know you're you're staying on top of things and you're paying attention. Because, you know, uh, as you have said multiple times... you're involved, I'm paying attention. I was going to say, as you have said multiple times, you generally don't pay attention when I'm speaking, and I'm just trying to make sure that you are still engaged with the conversation. Well, actually, it seems like you're not engaged with the conversation, because the person that says that they tune you out is your own wife. But on that note, let's take a break. Oh, no, you've told me the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Fight, so, fight, 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 fight. If you're interested in this character... We all know who's going to win. <laughs> you know, definitely check out the, the episodes that... Uh, you know, that uh, you know if you're just looking to get into the character, definitely check out the episodes that uh, Stephanie has mentioned. But uh, Getting into uh, the character from scratch is really hard because there's so much that goes on with this show. Right. You should really watch all of it to kind of see uh, how she so progresses. so hard to just jump in. But those are not bad episodes to start. There are a lot of fun standalone Monster of the Week episodes that are full of great... Like Bad Blood, that's a that's a standalone episode. Anyone can watch that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like I said, you know, you should definitely get, you know, get to know this character because it's not just her character that makes this show great. It's the way she interacts with Mulder and then all their supporting cast. But, you know, I definitely liked her more than I liked Mulder, even though I, I found a lot more in common with Mulder. You know, you know, a guy that believes in, in, you know, aliens and everybody always telling him that he's, you know, he's crazy and, you know, you know, women giving him sarcastic comments all the time. You know, it's pretty much my life. So, well, and he gets the girl that's super hot and way out of his league. Yeah. Like I said, it's pretty much my life. True to life. So I think with that, uh, I think it's going to be time to take a a short break and we're going to come back. Uh, Agent Nicole's going to give us a couple of thoughts. Everybody, listen really carefully to the song about how Patrick Rahal is a motherfucking mouse. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a couple of, couple of little things preview next episode, and I'm gonna give the final battle of the first round. So stick around for that, uh, Stephanie. I think you're really gonna like the uh, one of the combatants in this because you have compared yourself to her on multiple occasions. Uh oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll pray for her. Light a candle. Light a candle. All right, so let's uh, take a break there, Wolfie. This is Bobby Chains, Uncle Polly, and I'm the kid Tim Nice. And be sure to check out our podcast, Unchained, part of the Grand Guignol Network, available on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Are you troubled by seeing your favorite characters on the wrong show in the middle of the night? 
Do you experience feelings of dread not recognizing cameos in Easter eggs? Have you or any of your family ever experienced a shameless promotional TV crossover event? The answer is yes. Don't wait another minute. Download our show to listen to the podcast. Television Crossover Universe. Our courteous and efficient hosts are available every Tuesday to serve all your crossover needs. We're, We're ready, ready to entertain you. Patrick Ray Hall. In the and we're back. So, you know, shameless desecration of a timeless, tiny white classic original song aside. Ah, uh, he's such a little schmaus guy. Uh, we are uh, we're back now, and uh, I would like to have Agent Nicole talk about uh, her her uh, Agent Nicole files if she can uh, keep it together for more than four seconds because it looks like right now she's uh, <laughs> trying to hold back all her uh, giggling fits. So she just uh, learned the lyrics to the song. Yeah. Like she's excited. I'm excited to like sing that at work and be like all the time. Pat- yeah, Patrick Ray Hall is, is a, a motherfucking mouse. I mean, Again. it's it's really hard when it's you walk around now. thinking you know the lyrics to a song, and then finally someone corrects you. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, let me know when you guys have a song written about you. Being a mouse. Um, <laughs> although, according to Dynamo Mars, uh, Stephanie, you do have a song that was written about you, uh, and uh, he mentioned it on one of our episodes where uh, he he reckoned back to the time that. Uh, Ashes and I and a couple of our friends uh, met up with Dynamo and a special lady friend, and we saw a uh, a very lovely band by the name of Motley Crue, and they played a song that he said was dedicated to you called "Shout at the Devil." So I guess you know, you know, maybe it's just you don't me, have to shout. My hearing's fine. <laughs> well, they were in Massachusetts, and you were all the way in Atlantis, so that might have been what it is. So. Agent Nicole, what do you have for the Agent Nicole files today? I have another television show. If anyone who loves Sherlock, which I do, um, there's a little television show called Elementary. It's on CBS with Johnny Lee Miller and Lucy Liu as Sherlock and Watson. Um, For me, I needed something to fill the void of uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman's Sherlock because, God forbid, they ever do seasons... Once a year, they do it every freaking four years now. So, um, to be fair, what is he, this like a presidential race? He, I know it, he is a little bit busy. I know I'm trying to stalk him. Would you rather have a season of Sherlock or would you rather have Doctor Strange? Mm. Why can't it be both? Yeah, he's busy being an otter. He is busy being an otter. Well, you can't watch Sherlock on the big screen. No, that's true. So uh, he's mixing up. Yeah, so definitely if you're into Sherlock, it's a great um, twist on everything, especially with Lucy Liu being Watson. It, I was kind of skeptical about it, but it's the, fa- the show is fantastic. Johnny Lee Miller as Sherlock is phenomenal. I Some days I'm like, he's the Sherlock, and I'm like, sorry, Benedict Cumberbatch, you've been dethroned, but um, 
definitely take. To a- be fair, Sherlock was never king of anything. And uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was never Crash Override either. <laughs> so Johnny Lee Miller's got that up on him. That's true. I don't really know what that means, but <laughs> I don't either. In, in oh, same, come on. You guys have never seen the movie Hackers? No. Oh, no. my God. You guys are really missing out. That's, that's great, Patrick. In the same vein, though, can we simply... So there's like this really cool phenomena, I think, of different television shows that are taking classic stories or what are seemingly classic to me mm-hmm. and putting their own fresh spin on them. And specifically right now, I'm speaking of Hannibal and now Penny Dreadful, which yes. is about a ship that I have jumped on quite late, but I'm happy to be aboard. Welcome. Um, Welcome to the ship. Yeah, thanks. It feels good. I'm waiting for my membership pin and my t-shirt. Uh, I'll learn the handshake tacos. later in October at Rock and Shock when we're all together. Yes. Uh, There'll be Rock and really, tacos. I'm super enjoying the way that that's coming about. There are these, uh, those shows specifically, and now it sounds like um, that the Sherlock Holmes and Watson show with uh, Lucy Lewis Watson. There are these shows that are doing a magnificent job of taking stories that we all kind of know and love and that are very near and dear to our hearts yeah. and retelling them and doing so in little ways with little variations that are insightful and thoughtful yeah, uh, and just changing it enough that you don't necessarily know exactly how it's going to end, mm-hmm. but the casting is so imaginative and so well thought out, um, really brilliant and beautifully done. And I'm en- really enjoying these retellings of these stories. They're, they're not so far off the mark to be untruthful to the source material. Yep. But they're different and tweaked just enough that it keeps you engaged and compelled to see what's coming next. And I'm, I'm really enjoying that. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. I, I don't think... You put it eloquently. Eloquently. Thank you. You word good. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so anyways, while we wait for Nicole to come up with an original retort, uh, we are going to talk about my science fact this week. Oh, everyone, about it's mouth. nap time. It has nothing to do with mice. Maybe it should. It would be more appropriate. Mm, no. Why aren't you talking about your kind? Like, don't you want to promote your species? Aren't you proud of who you are? Uh, no, because once we take over the planet, we don't want to give away all of our plans. So, Well, you would if you've managed to take over the world, then there aren't really any plans to give away. Don't you want to, like, promote your species? Not until they're not very They're not really seen as very high. They're not very... They don't have a very public opinion. They're they're not polling well in the public opinions. Right, and that's, that's so by So maybe design. you should work on that. Maybe that's you should be doing some mouse PR. Nope, that's by design. We don't want to attract you, attention to ourselves. You guys are going down in flames. Mm, no, we aren't. Do some PR for your species. No. So, anyways, the uh, really sad that he can't love himself. Going down in flames. Uh, it's really sad when someone just today, can't. Like, if you, you know, were to stand in the path of a, a an incoming asteroid, you would be instantly vaporized even before said space rock hit the Earth, because the temperature in front of the path of the speeding space rock is sixty thousand degrees Celsius. You would literally be vaporized, so you wouldn't have to worry about nuclear winter or massive tidal waves or tectonic shifts, uh, you'd be already vaporized and dead, so you wouldn't have to be uh, concerned with that at all. Is that all it takes? That's all it takes. Oh, it's not time You mean there's hope for me? the leader of your people saves you? Like, <laughs> what if the leader of your people comes and we call Mighty Mouse and he tries <laughs> to save you? Oh, no, he would be fine. 
He would yeah, so then he would save you. He would push the meteor back, out back into the, you know, the outlying areas of space and redirect its course and save the world, and then all of mouse kind could rejoice. He wouldn't need to save the world uh, from... For the, for the mice kind, he would save the world for... Oh, because uh, mice are impervious to being vaporized. Uh, when we're subterranean, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you think we survived the first uh, planet-killing asteroid? Shit, here we go. I think you guys were, like, the ones delivering the plague, so that's that. Well, that was not an asteroid at whatsoever, but, you know, nice try. Thanks for playing. We'll, mm-hmm. uh, we'll send you a home version of the when game. When was the last time an asteroid actually hit the planet? Roughly 65 million years ago. Ask the dinosaurs. You can't because they're birds now. Because <laughs> they're, they're <laughs> birds now. And they're like alligators and crocodiles. Mm-hmm. You could talk to a crocodile after a while. Or a shark. You could definitely talk to uh. sharks. Sharks have been around way longer than crocodiles. Yeah, but sharks are not interesting anymore because they've been they've been deteriorated, been the public eye. Mm, you need to get on your shark disagree. PR campaign because y'all are jokes now with your natos and shit. And our shark to getting eaten by cars. So what we're going to do now, because we're uh, rapidly descending into you know the bowels of hell with this show, uh, we're going to discuss just like the, the PR that's happened to sharks and mice. The final. <laughs> The Public final, opinion polls are down across the board. The final uh, battle of the No one's first afraid round. of sharks anymore. You're going to have to find Jason, have him come back and start killing kids to bring up your your polls. I don't understand how that would work for sharks, but, you know. I don't really understand how it fully worked for Freddy either, but it did. Yeah. Yeah, how, how did that go with Jackie Earl Haley? Because that was pretty awesome. Uh, I don't even know what you're talking about. Mm, precisely. He's not. He is the least of that film's problem. <laughs> also completely unrelated it's, it's a remake, it's not in the same universe But thanks for playing hey, You said it It reinvigorated Freddy and No I didn't, I said Jason came back I'm sorry, did you not see Freddy vs. Jason? Because he was not in that film I did Thanks see for Freddy playing Patrick Jason. <laughs> oh, We are just going down in flames yeah. here so, uh, His little mouse brain Can't handle two tracks at one time mm-hmm. So we are going to might again, be leading go to the detriment of the species. Going to no, that's called ADHD. <laughs> yes. Well, so, he's always got to be thinking about like cheese, right? <laughs> so we're going to go with the final Since battle of puns, the uh, to be first cheesy. first round with a again a character to whom uh, Miss Wiley has repeatedly compared herself, and that would Bridget be Bridget Jones. Uh, that is, she is not a combative warrior like character at all. Um, so we're going to go with you. Beatrix Kiddo a lot of from, the, from the uh, Kill Bill series against aforementioned character that Stephanie compares herself to, and that would be Sorsha from the film Willow. So well, that is our... Those are pretty equally matched. That's a, a our final battle of the first round. And... Uh, I, I mean, Beatrix does have the five-point exploding palm hard trick. That's brutal. But, I don't know. I mean, Sorsha's pretty boss. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't see either of them advancing, so it, I don't think it matters. Sword. I don't think it matters who wins, because uh, whoever wins uh, has to fight Brienne of Tarth. Brienne of Tarth! So, I don't see either one of those. I, I think it, it doesn't matter at all who uh, who wins this one, in my opinion. You know, but that's why we put the polls up. You know, other people might feel differently. So and we'll it see. It will be right this week. Yep. 
And so man, either of them has to fight Brie. Oh, that's at least it's going to be a match. It's yeah, not like when true. you pay to watch one boxing, when you pay to watch the boxing in all the fights up to the final match that you actually technically paid for were actually good and engaging. And then it's like a 30 second fight or, you know, two second fight. Like an old Tyson like, fight. Like a Tyson fight in theory, I suppose. There's a few of these days. These fighters just shut people down and you're like, wow, I'm so glad I paid for that. That was a vine. Like Ronda Rousey shuts people down in, in record time. That or gets you shut can down actually in record time. It was one time and that you can promote in a vine. You can actually, you don't even have to pay for the paper, mm-hmm. but you can just watch it in a vine in a few minutes. Um, though, like whoever were to move on to fight Brienne, at least it would be a real fight. Yeah, I'm not saying that match. they are going to win, but I'm not si- they're not going down super easy. Like that's going to be that's going to be an actual fight. And that's why we, you know we have the the poll up for people to to vote. You know we've had a lot of these fights have been complete runaways, but we have had a couple that were very very close. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know I'm interested. these are popularity contests. It's kind of like who you like better. If those people were actually fighting. I don't even have a dog in the the fight, but if I I don't even have a horse in that race. Just thinking about each person's skill set, like even if they were all fighting like a, a kind of a fight three way, like that would be an actual match because they're all very skilled with what they do and all skilled with swords, which gives none of them the distinct advantage advantage with weaponry. And there's nobody that you'd want to get close enough to do the five point. Palm, uh, open palm exploding heart trick on like you wouldn't want to get close enough to have to do that so the relationship between who'd win and in, in the dynamics of those sword fights would really kind of come down to who just brought their game that day well i mean it would be a hell of i i would be mightily, that's an any given sunday kind of situation well, i'd be mighty impressed if somebody could get the five point palm exploding heart technique done on brienne through that armor yeah why well, wouldn't you want to get close enough to try like that's that's just bad idea altogether uh, but it, that's just going to come down to any given Sunday. That's going to just be who who steps up and brings their A game that day. I think on any given day, any any different time, any given time, it could go either way. Yeah, and like as you know, everybody has their own opinion of of you know which skill set they think is. But he has superior. a bad day, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's really all that these things come down to is you know who's who's going to execute better than the other. Well, with that being said, we are going ahead and uh, going to go ahead and bring this episode to a close. Yes. We are, uh, you know, we do have a guest lined up for next week. I'm not going to mention who it is, but we do have a hell of a couple of couple of characters to cover yes, in our next but recording. Also, session. I want to like thank Stephanie for coming on the show twice. Well, thank you guys for having You're me. You're always twice. welcome. No. Okay, fuck you, Patsy. <laughs> I can make guests right. on the show, damn it. And I want more Stephanie. Well, yeah, we know. we'll definitely have Stephanie on again. Team Agent Nicole. Anytime that I, you know, I feel like, you know what? I don't have enough stress in my life and I don't feel abused enough. Uh, we'll invite Stephanie on. And you hey, guys- I gave you episodes and things to, like, research to discuss <laughs> in advance. You did awesome. Thank and you And you actually didn't do them, and that was quite clear. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I heard a, a huge contribution from you, and that's what I wanted. You know, I just wanted to be able to... So because I'm con- because I'm contributing, you don't have to participate, okay? Oh, I participated quite a bit. I did research outside the box, you know, even though you didn't like any of my uh, the theories that I brought forth. You know, that's fine. I just wanted to get your opinion on them. 
you know, it's something that you hadn't considered yet. So I just wanted to, uh, you know, hear what you thought. Do you want him for Elm Street kids? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants him. That's why I'm stuck with him. Hey, whatever. I, I'm I'm rodent free right now. I've got one Mars and no rodents, so I'm doing all right. <laughs> All right, I think it's time to end the show. I think it is time to end it Good all. Good luck with your mouse. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and we will see, see you next, next Thursday. Thursday.